Hey everyone, and welcome to Jace's Movies Podcast. I'm Jace, a geeky fangirl who shares my decades of knowledge and love for the movies. So let's delve into the entire cinematic experience, history, and more. Grab your popcorn or a snack, and let's start the show. Now, I wasn't real impressed with episode two, I want to say, but it did give a little bit of background and actually gives a little hint at the future, which is kind of cool. But we'll go ahead and kind of get into it. So episode two, they start off escaping Camino because, of course, now the Empire's taken over Camino and they've made it their training base for all of their people and Crosshair is there doing his thing. And we see that they end up in Seleucami with long-lost clone trooper Cut, who has a wife and two children. So beautiful. He gives a little advice to Hunter about being a parent and how it's real difficult, but also says they need to leave their own planet because the Empire is making it completely unsafe everywhere they go. And it's so cute to see Omega play with Cut's children, as she's never really played with children before. So that is... Adorable, and it's adorable to see Hunter kind of take over this fathership role. But also, Wrecker is really taken with Omega as well, as he kind of becomes the big brother figure. And Echo is not so sure about having a child with them along. But one thing that's also kind of cool is that Cut says that Omega is not a regular clone trooper. I mean, she's a clone, but. There's something really different about her, and he's questioning the purpose as to why she was created. So this might be an interesting turn for her character as well. Okay, so they end up showing the city. Did you see that quick scene or blip of the X-34 Landspeeder, just like the one that Luke Skywalker drove in A New Hope? And then we also see an R2 unit coming our way. So cute to hear those little bleep, 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 bloops. We learn that they, the Empire, are taking all ships away from the citizens. And they kept their troops in place to be the new police force across the galaxy as well. It's like a brand new regime has taken over. But they're doing it with the same faces that were supposed to be the heroes. And now they're not, which is really sad I think for a lot of the citizens across the galaxy we learn about the new imperial credits that are tagged to your chain code which is how they keep tabs on the population and kind of try to figure out where everybody is now we see Rampart is the one on the hologram giving this message out to everyone and of course he's trying to sound calm and taking it easy like it's no big deal now, as a reference point, when when Han Solo and Kira try to escape Corellia, they're asked for their identification, which exactly is what is being mentioned here. So it's something that hasn't fully gone out to everyone. And of course, because they were orphans, they didn't really have one anyway. 
So this all kind of ties back together, just to let you know. Now we go back to the house, and it is kind of cute to see how Omega still has no idea about the dangers of the world. So she goes after the ball past the fence, and the kids come and get Mom. Another way that Star Wars really shows that women can be the rescuers, the saviors, the warriors, the fighters, the badassery women. I love it. Thank you so much for including this one little detail in the episode. Omega's sad. She's not sure what to think of this new position that she has put herself in. And she takes off the necklace and the head piece that she got from Camino, And she starts crying. I think she misses home. It was the only place that she ever knew, and now she's understanding that there is a huge galaxy out there that she doesn't know. How is it that these guys are so smart, technology-based, got so much going on with all their different strengths, and yet they always seem to get caught as they're trying to get Cut and his family off of the planet and also get themselves into their ship and off the planet. I mean, crazy boys, but I'm loving it. And Wrecker with that cute right hand, left hand, smash the three guys' heads together, really coins the phrase, bucket heads, for these clone troopers. So we get to see Cut and his family board the transport to hopefully a safer place, and our Bad Batch boys and Omega fly away as well. Lovely end to a cute little episode. But did Cut keep the extra cards? I only saw him gave four cards in the drawer. So does Omega have a, a tracking card? I kind of wonder. Now as we go into episode three, Replacements, I want to give a props nod to the new opening for Star Wars as the new helmets and stuff shown are definitely more from Clone Wars and from Rebels. So it's so cute to see them bring back some of those retro helmets that of course are mentioned throughout this Bad Batch series. So the episode starts with our Bad Batch and Omega as they are going through light speed and their ship is having malfunctions almost falling apart they've got to figure out how to start fixing it they end up getting ripped out of light speed because the capacitor's blown and i swear if you guys are a fan of the big bang theory like i am tech is so much like the personality as sheldon cooper he's got these little funny lines that are probably not meant to be funny but that know-it-all little quip is is just super cute to me so cute to hear wrecker yell we're gonna die we're gonna die and then look over at omega and he just goes we're gonna be fine <laughs> which is something i remember almost doing with my children riding on roller coasters and those twisty rides that i knew i might get sick on that i would just sit there and like smile through the trying to stop myself from vomiting mouth closed situation so it's so cute to see that i really threw in some of these wonderful parental little quips that we've done as well the boys debate as to the inhibitor chip and crosshair Wrecker says that he misses him 
And then we get taken straight to Camino and we watch Crosshair as he's undergoing not quite surgeries, but kind of like computer updates that are boosting his inhibitor chip and making him more fierce. And of course, his clone number CT9904 is exactly for the clone force 99 named after the lovely old clone 99 that was one of the first rejects crosshair must be number four we learn that rampart is head of a new training facility being hosted at camino where we start to see people signing up for jobs mostly because they need the money they need food they need shelter all sorts of things after the Clone Wars ended. But we also see that continuing in the Star Wars Rebels animated series, where we see some undercover work being done by Sabine and also being done by our young Jedi, Ezra Bridger. Rampart introduces Tarkin and us to his brand new elite squad of soldiers who have signed up. Is it me, or do they look a little bit like the haven't-been-introduced death troopers? I mean, their uniforms are all dark and black, and definitely looks very interesting to me. Our Bad Batch has landed onto an unknown moon, and I love that they're wearing respirators or breathing apparatuses, because a lot of times in Star Wars, they don't. And so it, it makes me think of the... The little scene from Galaxy Quest where they open up the pod bay door and a guy yells, Is there air? You don't know? You know, so it's just great to see that they did that. However, it's also a throwback to Return of the Jedi when Leia and Han and Chewie are all hiding from the Empire and they end up thinking that they're landing on some asteroid. And they end up really being inside of some large worm with those Minox running around. And they had to wear breathing apparatuses because it was an unknown planet. So that's awesome little throwback to, to these guys. So they're out working on their ship and trying to make it right. And of course there's crazy animals running around. And I'm not sure what type of animal he is, but he looks to me more like a cross between a dragon a tiger and maybe a little spider-ish it's so cute to see omega go with hunter to try to get back the capacitor and it's so neat that she has compassion a lot like hunter does as well and that might be their biggest connection but i'm also kind of wondering about maybe she's got super intelligence I mean, she's definitely learning as she goes, and I can't wait to see these guys teach her combat skills. Back on Camino, we learned that the new elite force is going to be sent to Onderon to attack Saul Guerrera and his people. It's a little interesting to hear them talk about stuff, and then Rampart says that, oh, loyalty for those who willingly sign up are better soldiers because any skills can be taught. It's interesting because we know Solo signed up sort of willingly and he was easily able to walk away as well. So <laughs> you can't really just say every recruit, every sign up really is that loyal. But we'll have to watch how this goes. These action sequences going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth 
are kind of driving me crazy. But I do enjoy all this action. So we get transported back to Onderon. We see that Crosshair sniping the rebels. He's getting the other ones to join in. And they're just shooting up all these people. And then on the moon, we see the dragon attack Hunter. Knocks off his breathing apparatus. And Omega puts it on for him. And then she goes after the dragon. Oh my goodness. And then back to Onderon where they're fighting. And one of them's got a huge flamethrower. Talk about crazy. The rebels try to escape. But of course Crosshairs is... Totally able to do a sniper shot, and he kills the pilot, bringing the little ship back down to the planet. Crosshair shoots the first one that comes out of the ship. He says that the rest of them need to be eliminated. One of the elite squad steps up and says, no, these are civilians. We should take them to be processed. You know, we don't kill people. We don't kill innocents. And... Crosshair ends up shooting him, killing him dead. And then says, good soldiers follow orders. And we can really see how his inhibitor chip enhancement has really made him such an assassin. And the others, I think, reluctantly turn around, start shooting at the people on the ground because they don't want to die. I mean, that's pretty much why they're doing it. It's completely unlike anything we've seen before. Now, I have heard from some parent friends of mine that they were concerned with this episode specifically because of a lot of the danger and then the killing, which you don't actually see a lot, but the music is intense. The scenery is dark. I mean, the mood is set. Depending on the age of your child and the personality of your child, you make that decision. I think... For older children, it might be a good one for them to see how people, one, can be easily manipulated by a dark force and a dark side. Two, how to hopefully you can still fight back, you know, because these rebels kept fighting. They, they kept going. Saul Guerrero kept going and he kept building and he kept fighting back this tyranny. You know, we can all make those internal decisions and sometimes... You do the wrong thing for the right reason, as in you're saving your own life, which is kind of sad, but that there's tough decisions sometimes in life to be made. There are so many different lessons that you can learn, crazy enough, through Star Wars, even the animated series. But if you were to break it down and I think really explain it, really help your kids to take this thought process to a whole nother level. I think we might be all better people for it, but sometimes you can also have compassion for the bad guys. Back in the dragon den, Omega is super scared, which, oh my gosh, that dragon coming out of nowhere would have freaked me out too. And she sees that it really doesn't like the light. It calms down when it doesn't have the light. And then she's able to get away with the part by throwing her flashlight. Which is interesting that all the flashlights look exactly like the ones at home. you think they would have come up with something different. <laughs> but I digress. And she's able to get out of it. 
She hears Hunter calling her, and I think he's pretty surprised that she was able to handle things on her own. So I see him doing a lot more stuff with her, which is so cute, and I can't wait. The Elite Squad returns to Camino. Tarkin likes Rampart's idea and tells him to move forward, and then gives him a promotion to Admiral. Now, Tarkin's not a Grand Moff yet, but he's getting there. And it's neat to see him also with his original storyline. The Caminos are definitely very concerned because their livelihood is based on the clones. So if the Empire doesn't want the clones anymore, what are they going to do? Now, spoiler alert, there is an uprising coming on Camino and not going to give too much about it but it's interesting that they're also still trying to find another clone to replace all the other ones because Jango Fett's original DNA you can only clone it so many times and it starts breaking down and then Crosshair takes his new force back to his bad batch clone force 99 room lowers his head I know that he misses his guys and I think hopefully he might be really concerned about what he is doing and why as it's not really in his control anyway with Omega telling Hunter that they'll gotta find a way to rescue Crosshair it seems really interesting and I'm sure that might be coming up in a future episode our Bad Batch group is able to fly away and escape that moon and head back out to the galaxy. We see that Wrecker had made Omega her own room. And did you guys notice he even gave her his stuffed animal? I mean, that guy's just a big muffin underneath all that tough exterior. I love these guys' personalities. And they are way different from the other clones. So, I really enjoy them and... This is so cute, and I hope you guys have enjoyed it, too. Well, that's the end. Roll credits. Thank you for joining me on this podcast, and be sure to follow Jace's Movies for more. I want to thank Google, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and more for some of the detailed facts mentioned in this podcast, though most of it comes directly from my crazy fangirl brain. Let me know of anything I might have missed. Anything you'd like to discuss or have expanded, you can email me at jacesmovies at gmail.com or follow Jace's Movies on Instagram and Facebook. I hope you enjoyed this show and we'll see you at the movies.